remind everyone listening that Sioux Nation Ag Center publishes an animal health magazine each quarter. Check it out on our website and send us a message for your free publication. Hi, folks, and welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Geis, and joining me today on the show is Lynn Keller-Forbes. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm pretty darn good. Now, I want to thank you for taking the time to come here today. Lynn is the Executive Director of the Dakota Business Finance, the Southeastern Development Foundation, and the Southeastern Council of Governments. Now, altogether, that's abbreviated S-E-C-O-G. Do you just call it CCOG and C-C-O-G. go from there? Awesome. Now, Lynn, you've served as the director of CCOG since 2001 and led the organization's efforts to create the Southeastern Development Foundation and Dakota Business Finance. That's That's correct. That's a pretty impressive little resume right there. Thank you. Now, Lynn is a certified economic and housing development professional through the National Development Council. She has a bachelor's degree in business administration from St. Leo College in Florida and a doctorate law degree from the University of South Dakota. That's also correct. Tell you what, we are very pleased to have you here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. What we really want to talk about today, because a lot of our listening audience is obviously in small business, is the SBA 504 loan. And this is something that I have really no idea of anything about, and I'm sure a lot of our listening audience doesn't either. So maybe to start off with, what is an SBA 504 loan, and who are the target borrowers for this? So Dakota Business Finance is a certified development company through the Small Business Administration. Just try saying that really fast about three times. (laughs) (laughs) You want to watch, listen to me butcher something? Go right ahead. So the SBA 504 program was really created to stimulate the economy through job creation and growth and by lending money to small businesses. So when you think of the 504 program, I want you to think of things like buildings, financing uh, leasehold improvements, and also financing long-term equipment. So like larger manufacturing equipment and some of those kinds of things. So we can't do working capital. We don't do accounts receivable. We don't do some of those kinds of things. So primarily think of land and building and fixed assets. Hard stuff. Correct. Something that has a useful life of at least 10 years or more. Gotcha. So how long is the loan? Does the loan match that? Um, So it varies. So if you wanted to take out a building loan and purchase a uh, building, you could take up to a 25-year amortization schedule, or you could take a 20-year loan. If we were going to finance leasehold improvements, which are also eligible, or if we were going to finance equipment, typically those would be more in the 10-year range. Now, if your equipment had a useful life of 20 years, we could go up to that as well, as long as we had something that showed that it was going to last that long. So people can understand who would be qualifying Who are the target demographics that we are hoping to reach with this? So one of the things I think that people often think about is when you're thinking about government loan programs, sometimes people think, well, this must be for businesses that can't get loans through banks. And it's not that. Um, One of the primary benefits of the SBA 504 program is that it has a low 10% down component to it. So if you go to a bank today, you're probably going to need a minimum of 20% down, mm-hmm. maybe 25, maybe up to 30 or 40, depending on the risk, the uh, experience of the borrower, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Let's think. Of, let's talk about a million-dollar building. If I can get into that and purchase that for 100000 that's a lot more affordable than 200000 or 300000 And so mm-hmm. that's probably one of the best benefits of the program. And so if you are, per se, a farmer, would you qualify for this? We actually can do egg loans. It's kind of one of the hidden things. Um, You would have to, in that case, it would be considered a special purpose loan. And so you'd have to at least have a minimum of 15% down. Mm -hmm. But we can finance dairy barns, hog confinement barns. Uh, We've done some of those in our portfolio, but certainly not near uh, the magnitude of what you would normally see, which we do a lot of 
hotels and restaurants and those kinds of things. Sure. So that kind of leads into my next question. If you are a person who is hoping to start a small business in small town South Dakota, is this something that you should be interested in? So we don't often see, uh, if you're starting a small business, a lot of times what we will encourage people to do, because a lot of small businesses fail in that first three to five years. Sure. So we probably wouldn't recommend that you should jump right in with and buy a building. Mm-hmm. It's a huge investment. We might recommend that you should lease something with an option to purchase uh, for a couple of reasons. So if you came to me and you said, hey, Lynn, I want to do an SBA loan and you were less than two years old for your business, SBA is going to require 15% down. You're a higher risk. Whereas if you waited and came to me in year three, we could get you in for 10% down. So there's a benefit to doing that as well. So then the third question for me is for the people that would be looking at this potentially is, let's say, I have a small business in small town South Dakota, and I'm thinking about expanding either a different profit center or perhaps just expanding my current facility. Is this something that I could be considering? Absolutely. So there's a couple of things I would talk to you about. Um, One is refinancing. So what we found during COVID last year is we had, uh, while COVID was not good for a lot of people, for us, it was a banner year. And a lot of it came back to the fact that people had equity in their buildings and Mm -hmm. maybe they had a loan on it with a bank Mm -hmm. and they wanted to be able to access that capital. So what they were able to do is we were able to go in and refinance them out of that bank loan in conventional financing into an SBA 504 loan and to get them cash out at financing. So we locked in a rate for 25 years. We can get them up to 20% of the equity in their building in cash. And then also we got them the cash out, obviously, that they needed to help with their working capital. And and so we were able to do that with a lot of businesses. The other thing that we had last year uh, through the CARES Act was Congress blessed us with the ability over six months that they would make the payments uh, on behalf of the borrower. So their 504 payments were made for six months if you had an existing 504 and also if you did a new 504 during that time. So for us, that was a game changer because our portfolio for six months, all of our borrowers, whether they were shut down or not, were getting their payments made through the CARES Act. Now that we've kind of gone through the different types of people that maybe would be thinking about, is this for me or not? I think the next question would be is, how much am I going to be able to borrow? Obviously, this probably depends upon the applicant and the risk as well as what they're looking to borrow for. Sure. There's two different answers to that. When, If I can just talk for a minute about how does SBA come up with its funding for its portion of the loans, it actually issues bonds for that. And so we're not getting money from the federal government. They go out every month and issue bonds. So that's why the rate fluctuates from month to month. It really depends on the bond sale of that month as well. So typically when I talk about a loan, the bank will provide 50% of the financing and they'll take a first position mortgage on the building. SBA will issue bonds for the 40% and then obviously the borrower comes in uh, at 10%. SBA will also subordinate behind the bank, which makes it really attractive for the bank, especially during tumultuous times like that. So when you talk about what's the maximum, the maximum is going to relate back to what's our debenture amount. And the maximum is $5 million dollars unless you're a small manufacturer and then it's uh, 5.5 million or a manufacturer. I know a lot of times people talk about what a small business mean. And really when I tell people also not to think about the fact that this is uh, a borrower that nobody else wants to lend to, that's really not the case. Also, you need to think in terms of size wise because the maximum is a net assets of 15 million or net profit after taxes of 5 million. And I don't have a lot of businesses that have that as a problem and and would exceed that amount. So Mm -hmm. it actually encompasses, when I say small business, it encompasses some pretty large businesses as well. I'd love to have that problem. (laughs) I would too. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe let's back up a little bit. 
Why was this whole program created in the first place? Job creation and growth. Trying to spur the economy. So that basically was the initial uh, aspect to it, and that's still the carrying forward goal, you could say. Correct. And like every program, it has nuances to it as well. Primarily is job creation, but they also want to encourage lending to uh, underserved sectors, whether that's minority, whether that's women, whether that's veterans. So there are certain nuances of the program that they're really trying to encourage uh, business growth and lending to underserved markets as well. How is this uh, SBA 504 loan different from other loans? You've kind of talked about how it isn't necessarily the exact same thing as just going to the bank, getting this loan because you're only covering parts of things. There's your requirements. It's, it's financed through bonds. But are there any other nuances that are a little different? I would say the, the primary benefit to this is the low down payment. It's also going to sure. be the fixed rate financing. So because we're issuing bonds for that 25-year period, most banks, when they give you a loan, there'll be some sort of a reset in five years. So you're, yeah. you're going, and maybe today in this environment, you're getting a 3% note, mm-hmm. but in five years when it reprices, you, know, you might be at five or six. Mm-hmm. Whereas during COVID, our rates were down at somewhere in that 2.2 range for 25 years. So it's fixed. Um, it gives them really some continuity and the ability to know that long-term that they're not going to have any rate fluctuation in at least that 40% portion of their loan. You can plan ahead knowing I am going to be paying this going forward, which when you're talking about this isn't necessarily for, quote, people that can't get a loan somewhere else, end quote, it's more along the lines of I want that security knowing this amount of money is going to be at this interest rate for the whole life of the loan. Correct. And so now how does this process work? Because I'm assuming that it might be a little bit different than getting a loan through the bank. And is there any tips that you can give our listeners about timing when they want to do this? Well, we always say the sooner you come to us, the better, because we can sit down with you and say, are you going to have conditions of who does and who does not want to personally guarantee the note? If somebody doesn't want to, they need to own less than 20%. So, I mean, there are nuances. If we're on the front end when you're forming your corporation, we can kind of say, what are your goals of this? And we can talk about it. Now, because we are issuing bonds, there's a prepayment penalty. So if your goal is to get out of this business into five years, maybe this isn't the program for you because the prepayment penalty on a 20 or 25 year note doesn't go away until 10 years. Now, does that stop people from selling and getting out if they want to? Typically not. But we just like to talk about those things on the front end and see if the program really aligns with what your long-term goals might be. So at least that way, there aren't any surprises for people. Correct. I don't want somebody to get into something that they're unhappy about later. I'd rather talk about it up front. And if they need to change course, then now would be the time to talk about it. So if people might be interested in this, is there any place that they can go to reach out in order to see if this would be a program for them? And is there any other aspects that you would like them to have in mind before they would come and talk to you about this? So sure. I would start people on the website. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're at www.dakotabusinessfinance.com. So that's a good place to go and look. You can see my staff. You can see my board. You can see all of those kinds of things. You asked me a minute ago about kind of the process. Mm -hmm. So we have a local board here in Sioux Falls, um, and we meet twice a month. And so once your package is together, you have a bank on board, we can kind of walk you through the process fairly quickly. There is more work doing this than there is just doing a conventional loan with a bank. It is government, but Mm -hmm. my staff is very good at making this as easy as possible. Um, We can do loans anywhere in the state of South Dakota, anywhere in the state of Iowa, and then certain counties in Minnesota and Nebraska. So all of that service area stuff would be on our website as well. 
And, you know, we, we often get asked, how long will this take? And the answer is how responsive a lot of times is the borrower if we need additional information, how responsive is the lender if we need additional information. Um, SBA right now, normally on a nationwide basis, was processing about 500 loans uh, a month. They're now at 900. So if that gives you an idea of what the low interest rates and the free payments have done, the latest stimulus does include if you get a loan approved by SBA, that's a 504 between now and September 30th, your first three months subject to appropriations um, will be made of, of your payments on your behalf. And so that's kept the interest in the program high. As you can imagine, a lot of banks that maybe really liked some of the loans in their portfolio before COVID um, maybe have had some adjustments they've needed to make. And so they might be taking some conventional loans and trying to get those into the 504 program as well. So it's it's lengthened the time that SBA takes to approve them. Uh, we used to say somewhere in that five to seven range, it's now taking 15 business days. So I mean, all of those things have to factor into it. A lot of people are thinking, well, if I get it approved before September, that gives me a lot of time. I keep telling them you should submit it and get it approved no later than probably July, because if the times are 15 days now, I, I can imagine that they could go up to 20 or more, depending on everybody trying to push through their stuff and get free payments towards the end of that September date. Oh, without a doubt, people always wait till the last minute. <laughs> they certainly do. So yeah, and one other thing I think for our listening audience it's good to know is this is something that Sunation has even utilized within our company. That's correct. We did a couple of loans for them to refinance the Viberg and Sioux Falls facilities. And then also we did a new loan for them when they were expanding their feed center in Boyden, Iowa. Yeah, and it really was a lovely mill. Or yes. it is a lovely mill, I should say. It's it's still there. So this kind of goes back to what I said earlier, that I don't want people to think about the program and think of someone that wouldn't be able to get conventional financing somewhere else. Every bank in town would have lent them money for that. This was just savvy business people that understand that the program is a great fit um, with the fixed interest rates and the low down payments. Well, this is great information. It's really good to let everybody know this. And thank you very much for taking the time to stop by and explain all this to everybody, Lynn. I appreciate the opportunity. And thank you to our listening audience out there. Y'all take care, folks. Mm-hmm.